Welcome to the latest episode of Archibiz Unpacks Marketing. Today I'm joined by copywriter and marketing strategist Nikita Morell. Welcome Nikita. Thanks Beth, thanks for having me. We'll jump straight into it today. Uh, marketing strategy, we've, we've talked about this a little bit so far in the series. Keen to get your definition of what is a marketing strategy and what should it include as well. Sure. So I'll preface it with this. Um, a big mistake I see a lot of architects make is that they actually use branding and marketing almost interchangeably sometimes. So, um, you know, for me, branding is, I guess, it's like your GPS. It's kind of like where you want to head, where your marketing strategy is more like the vehicle. So the, the action items and the, and the plan that you take. So I do see, I just kind of wanted to clarify that, that there is a difference. Um, and Marketing strategy really, for me, put simply, is just getting your ideal clients to know, trust and like you. So you may have heard that before, but really at the end of the day, it's about that. And I guess the key part is the strategy part, because a lot of I see are just very reactive and it's almost like I like to call it, you know, random acts of marketing. So they pop up an Instagram post or they send out a newsletter. It's very kind of you know, finger on the trigger, like just what do we need to do rather than having that overall strategy and thinking, okay, like what objectives you know, do we want to achieve? Do we want to get awareness? Do we want to become an expert in a certain thing? Or is it that we want more projects in, you know, in a local area? So defining your objectives and then figuring out, you know, what resources they have um, to, to successfully, I guess, um, carry out some of those actions. Yeah, absolutely. So it's about understanding your object objectives and matching up those resources. So if a picture tells a thousand words, um, and, and obviously architects are very visual in nature, what's the importance of copywriting and content for architects? Yeah, so I mean, great question, because um, one thing, again, I'll just define is copywriting. Um, a lot of architects come to me and they're like, oh, so you're a design writer, or some even ask, you know, if you do trademark law. Um, copywriting has got nothing to do with law. Um, I'm not a design writer at all. It's you know, it's not design journalism. So copywriting really is, um, it's a specific skill and it's underpinned by psychology, it's underpinned by marketing and it's underpinned by a lot of research. So I never just, you know, copywriters never just sit down and write. It's always a lot of research um, that goes into that. But copywriting in itself is to persuade um, or get your ideal clients to take some sort of an action. So whether it's, you know, to click on your blog or to schedule a call, it's, it's there to prompt them to do something. Um, so yes, images are important. I know architects are very, I guess, visual creatures, but I would say that, well, I would argue that pictures can't do everything. So I mean, you know, a picture of your beautiful space, like um, the picture in itself can't communicate the temperature in the room or it can't convey what it feels like to run your hand along, you know, a beautiful um, custom bespoke timber cabinet. You know, there's certain things that words need to do. And I think three things, I think words set up the content, context of an image. So it kind of tells you the who, the what, the when and the why. And that's important because if you don't fill in those gaps, you know, your ideal clients that, that see this image of your project are going to fill it in for themselves. And everyone comes as you know, with their own kind of preconceptions. So that can be quite dangerous. Um, number two is that I it directs, words direct people's attention. So if you can see an image, you know, one person might be looking at the skylight while someone else is looking at the dog that's been, you know, stylized in the corner. So again, words help you direct attention. And I think, you know, number three is we've all 
heard um, time and time again about storytelling, but it's true, like words can tell a story and persuade your ideal clients to, um, I guess, build that emotional connection and then build trust and, and familiarity before you even pick up the phone. So I'd say they're the kind of the, my arguments as to why words are so important. <laughs> Yeah, certainly some compelling reasons there why copy is important um, for architects, particularly by the sounds of it on their website. Um, should architects be writing their own copy or do they need to engage a specialist? Yeah, I mean, obviously <laughs> I am a specialist, so I'm quite biased in that. But look, I mean, I completely understand. Not all architects, you know, if you're running your solo a solo firm, you might not have the means, um, the resources, whether it's budget or whatever it is to actually hire a, a copywriter. Um, so I guess if that's the case, then yes, you can do it yourself, but you need to realize that there are certain copywriting principles. You know, it's not just about sitting down and, and throwing out, you know, for example, a project description, not just, you know, writing whatever comes to your head. There is um, like a story arc, you know, set the scene, introduce your characters, which are the clients or your contractors or whoever it is. But there is, yeah, a, a formula and a method to it. Um, so, yeah, like I've created the word, like a word shop to help some of these architects that don't have the means to get access to some of these templates. But, yeah, and, you know, in your program itself, like there are resources out there that, um, yeah, that architects don't need to, I guess, hire a copywriter and can do it themselves. Yeah, great. And I, I think um, it's really important that those resources that you've got available are out there for architects to use, um, particularly when it comes to writing about themselves uh, and, and their practice. But definitely, I think that's something that we notice is often missing on websites that who's the team, who are the people behind the practice and, and people shy away from writing about themselves. It can be agonising. What tips have you got for architects to help them be able to write about themselves? Yeah, so actually, um, of late, I've been realizing that sometimes, well, um, a lot of people, I mean, we're all different in the way we like to communicate. And sometimes I find that architects, you know, I'm like, I send them a questionnaire, and they'll fill it out, um, whether it's about their about page or bio. And then I'll jump on the phone, and they'll just have different, um, I guess, answers or go into more depth. So one little um, tip that I've been giving out recently is to go into Google Docs, and just to turn on that free tool of um, voice typing, and just talk I find that sometimes it is that starting with that you know blinking cursor that you say oh I don't know where to start or what to do but if you start with something and sometimes yeah if you just talk to your computer it sounds a bit weird or if you feel a bit strange doing that um grab a colleague and you know if you, for example if you have to write your about page I mean or, or bio I think bios can be totally awkward to write because you just you don't want to come across as an egomaniac <laughs> but at the same time you don't want to undersell yourself so I find um grab a colleague and then, you know, hit record on um, your audio record and just have a conversation, you know, like, you know, mate, what do you think my personal strengths are? Um, and, and you can, I guess, glean information from that and use it as a basis to then write. So I guess my advice is if you are agonizing, it's just taking that pressure off and being like, you know, you're not having to write um, the next split surprise. It's just more getting the words. Yeah. In there. Yeah, that's some excellent advice there. And I, I'm going to get onto that voice typing uh, tip myself. I wasn't aware of that. So I'll definitely be employing that. Uh, 
And for any brand, regardless of whether they're an architecture firm or not, uh, a website is often their best asset that they've got much, you know, it's owned and that they've got complete control over it, unlike something like social media. As a guru in websites, I understand you've looked at over 160 of them. Um, what sort of advice do you have for architects on what they should be considering when doing the copy or content for their website? Sure. So I would say three things. I think number one is everything comes back to your ideal client. So, you know, we always talk about these client profiles or avatars, whatever you call it, but really it is just whenever you write something, you need to think about it like this, you know, an ideal client's landed on your website. Maybe they've Googled you, maybe someone's referred you, however, which way they've gotten onto your website. When they jump onto that homepage, they've got lots of questions, I guess, swirling around their head. Like, who are these guys? Can I trust them with my project? You know, are they expensive? Have I done, have they done similar work? You know, these questions. So it's up to you with your content and your copy to answer these questions. Um, because then, you know, all their objections are then being met and answered. So as they go through your website, they're feeling, okay, these guys, they sound like they seem pretty good. And then by the end of, you know, they've kind of read a little bit, you want them to be thinking, okay, I have to work with these guys. You know, and that's where you can start getting a bit more of the, the power when it comes to negotiating fees and that because they're more invested. They're like, well, I have to work with you. It doesn't matter the cost. You know, I just, I need to work with you because I know you're going to do a good job. So keeping that ideal client in mind, you know, making sure what every word you use, you think that they'll understand. So just putting yourself, I guess, into their, their shoes and their headspace. Um, and number two, I guess another tip is that flows on from that is creating a bit of a distinct tone of voice. Um, I see a lot of architecture websites, you know, we are a multidisciplinary award-winning studio. I mean, nothing's wrong with that, but everyone does it. Like there's, you can write that in a million different ways. And, and the other thing is, um, yeah, like write like you speak, I think. And again, that voice typing tool is a great way, you know, if you're, you're struggling with that um, because you can be professional and have personality. I think a lot of architects think, well, if I write like that, then I'm not going to sound very professional, but you know, there are some great examples out there. Um, I can give you a list of a few examples. You can share them on the notes or something of just of architecture firms that have really been able to um, hit that, that balance um, being professional and personal. And I think my last tip is really just keep it simple. Um, again, don't overcomplicate it, you know, use a simple platform. Um, and yeah, I think you don't need anything too fancy. Um, just, yeah. That's probably my last tip as well. <laughs> yeah, we often uh, can be easy to get carried away, particularly depending on the web developer you've got involved with, you know, parallaxing and all these kind of crazy things. And if it's not user-friendly, if someone doesn't know where to navigate to the menu, then then there's a big problem there. Exactly, exactly. And, and just on the tone of voice piece, so I think that's really interesting to unpack and be keen to explore that a bit more. How do you come up with your tone of voice? How, how, how do you know how you should be writing? Sure. So that comes back to the brand strategy piece. So that's that flows into your brand strategy. And I guess the way um, your tone of voice, it has to be aligned um, with. So whenever, for example, I work with a client, I make sure it's aligned to them because you don't want to sit, come across a website that's got a quite bold, um, you know, witty, you know, loud um, tone of voice. And then you meet the person and they're quite introverted and shy. You need to have because that that causes distrust, that misalignment. So really, it is um, the tone of voice is that a uh, piece of the brand strategy puzzle and the way you go about I guess um, you know trying to identify a tone of voice is one thing to keep in mind is that 
it's more uncovered. Um, it's always there. So it's more about uncovering the, the tone of voice rather than imposing upon it because you want it to come from, a, I guess, a place of, you know, a natural place. Um, but normally the way I do it is I just come up with three pillars. So for example, you might want to sound friendly, informative and um, oh yeah, or just friendly, informative, right? So you have those two pillars and then you kind of work through um, your website copy with those two words in mind. So, you know, there's lots of different ways to say a certain phrase. Um, so you just think, you know, how would a friend say it to another friend? Um, but again, this is why a copywriter has studied this. I've, you know, so it is, it is a skill. It's not something that can kind of, you know, just like architects have that skill, um, skill set. It's just another skill set that can be learned, I guess. Yeah, excellent. I think that's that's really great advice um, about unpacking your tone of voice and, and thinking about those those words that, that, you know, fit the bill of, of who you'd like to be or who you'd like to come across as. You recently co-authored the Architects Award Submission Handbook with Juliet Mitchell. Uh, why should awards form part of the marketing arsenal for an architect? Yeah, so look, I'll, again, preface it with this, is that um, entering awards isn't for all firms. Like, obviously, I guess in that handbook, one of my first questions is, you know, why are you entering this award? You know, what is it, you know, is it to win? Is it like, I mean, obviously you always kind of enter to win, but you know, why, like what's that award going to mean to you and to mean to the rest of your firm? Um, I think it forms an important, you know, if you do enter awards, it's great for your credibility, even just to enter them. Um, you know, you don't have to win them to be able to promote you can say, um, you know, we entered this in this award. One thing to keep in mind, um, I see a lot of architects just writing lists and lists of random awards that they've entered. From a copywriter's perspective, when you're trying to grow your business and get the right clients in the door, it's important to remember that your, like your ideal client may not have heard of these awards. So whilst um, an award can be great to build your reputation within the architecture industry, which is great because then other architects can know about you and refer work if they've got overflow. But if it's to get random ideal clients um, that are not within the industry, you need to, I think, if you're going to say we won this award, have just a sentence saying this is what the award is for um, or what it means, um, because otherwise it's meaningless. Like, you know, anyone, you don't know what, is it like a random local award? Is it one that your mum made up? Like, it's not like <laughs> no no stance and so I think that's um it's kind of it's I haven't seen it done a lot but yeah just having like a little short paragraph to say this is what the award was for um and this is why you know we entered or something like that yeah I think that's great advice it's a little bit like when you go to the bottle shop and you look at the bottles of wine with the with the you know medals on the front and it's like okay great this one's covered in medals is <laughs> what does it mean <laughs> you know um so absolutely that, that that's really sound advice just explain in a line or two what the what the award was for um so from where you're sitting Nikita how have the events of 2020 changed architecture um and particularly in relation to marketing of architecture as well yeah, it's a really good question. I think for me personally, and again, this is just from my personal experience, is that I did find last year a lot of architects, um, perhaps for various reasons, um, projects were on hold or, um, you know, things slowed down in certain areas. They were turning to their marketing, um, actually, which was, which was great. Um, and they were realising that, yes, you know, having a strong website is crucial in today's kind of world, especially, you know, that 
in-person networking events might not be possible, they were realizing that their website now holds more weight. Um, and it really has to be a reflection um, and the best possible reflection of their, um, their firm. So I think, yeah, the biggest changes I noted was that there was being more attention paid to this, um, I guess, marketing, architecture marketing industry, which is great, great for us. That's our mission, right? Is to help architects with all this. So um, Absolutely. yeah. Uh, and can you share a little bit about what's on the cards uh, for yourself for the next 12 months? Sure. So at the moment, I'm actually um, finalizing a launch. Um, I'm launching a new accelerator called the Site Smart Accelerator. So in a nutshell, it's just get your website done in 12 months. Um, I find a lot of architects get stuck and some have had their website on their to-do list for years or months, <laughs> um, normally the former. But yeah, so it's just a co-creation workshop that each week will kind of work through different parts of their website and at the end it'll, it'll be done. Um, obviously not done forever, it's an evolving thing, but they'll get all their website. And so it's, you know, more of an emphasis on the, I guess, the messaging um, so sites I'm looking at the moment it's um, going to be launched in July um, so there's only 10 spots so yeah let's I'm just going to test it out and see hopefully um, how it goes awesome well hopefully we can share some information about that um, with our community when it comes out uh, you've also raised an interesting point there about um, you know that your website isn't done forever that it, that is an ongoing process how often should you check back in on your website and be looking to update content that's on there yeah, so I always tell my clients just to throw in like a Google Calendar reminder, just almost, and it sounds a bit too much, but maybe just every six months, just to, you know, employees move or staff move, buyers need to be taken down, projects need to be uploaded. So it's just that kind of six months. Um, yeah. And especially if you have bigger shifts, if there's a change in direction or, you know, you want to get more of a certain project typology or that, it's good to rejig you know, the order of your project descriptions. And yeah, it definitely is always just a moving, as you probably know, like it's never done. <laughs> it's something to do on your website. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We were going through that yesterday ourselves internally. So it, it is always, it's regularly undergoing a spring clean. So, um, and, and finally, Nikita, I'm really keen to understand you've got a wealth of experience, not just in architecture, but across the marketing spectrum with other industries. Why do you choose to work with architects? Um, yeah, so I guess it's been an evolution to get here. And I've been working with architects now for over four or five years, just architects. Before that, I was doing interior designers and that. But to be honest, um, I just find architects brilliant. Like, I don't know how you do what you do. Like, you literally create something out of nothing. And just that whole left brain, right brain, I just... I think maybe deep down I probably always wanted to be an architect but just don't have what it takes so um i guess the next best thing is is helping architects and um i love writing and i love words so yes trying to use and apply my skills and add value into the industry in that way excellent well architects are very lucky to have you and if they want to find out more about the copywriting tools that you have available where can they go to do that Sure. So I've got, um, if you jump onto my website, nikitamorell.com, um, and then check out the Architects Workshop. So you'll find lots of templates and, and things like that, um, really affordable, just to jump in and um, yeah, improve your copy. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today, Nikita. It's been really great chatting about copy and content. Thanks so much for having me back. I appreciate it. <laughs>